Good morning. I'm Karen, and this is Coffee with the Sarlos. And I'm Kelly. Good morning. What are we doing today? We're answering questions from an email that came in. Um, a lady wrote to us, and she has the whole page full. So we're going to go through her questions today because we said this is what we do. Cool. Okay. Question one. Um, When you hear people's thoughts, if they have an image or object in mind, do you also see it? Sometimes, yes. Um, It's not like, I think we talk about this a lot uh, when we explain what we do, um, that the gifts come in in different, uh, through different senses. So it's not always a vision. It can be uh, where we hear what they're seeing, um, or we can sense what they're seeing. It's not always actual sight, uh, but some of the times, yes, to answer the question, we can see it. Um, when I hear that question, Cal, um, I think of people who've come up to me and said, I'm thinking of a number. What's my number? When some people ask or have a number, or a color, or a particular thing in their mind, they're trying to see if we can actually see that particular thing. I don't always get that. Mm -hmm. Um, But having said that, sometimes I do. I just don't think that my accuracy is that bang on. And I think sometimes my ego gets in the way, or my fear that I'm going to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and I know those are, are two different aspects of that question. Mm-hmm. Um, that when we do hear people's thoughts, we do get images that go with them. But to me, it's more like a bigger picture that the spirit world is giving a whole story as opposed to one number or one thing. Well, just what the human is visualizing. Yeah. Right. So we're, I mean, but we're saying the same thing is that sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, another question. Did your gifts become stronger, more frequent when you started seeing clients? I guess, yeah. I guess there there's um, an intention that's set there to open them um, so that you can provide for your clients. Um, there's an intention to have more accuracy and more connection to the other side. Um, and you and I got more playful in, in talking about it even more. Um, yeah, I, I think as a general answer, yes. I think of it like a muscle. Yeah. In, in that uh, if I go to the gym... And I'm working out on my, or I'm working on my muscles every day, that there's more strength to them, more flexibility to them if I'm also stretching, all that kind of stuff. And that your, your psychic gifts or your intuitive gifts are like muscles that the more often you use them, um, for me, the more accurate they more get. And, and the more, but I think it's also related to the fact that I'm, I have more confidence because there are more affirmations, but also that if, if I'm learning and I'm making mistakes that the spirit world and humans are both helping me to learn from the mistakes. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a learning curve and a learning process with that. Mm -hmm. Um, that goes all over the place really. Yeah. I know. And and I know this is kind of slightly off topic, but because she asked about the frequency, right? Yes. Um, but you're talking about, or you're alluding to more communication, and mm-hmm. the accuracy that happens with the like the more frequently you use it, uh, and I know I've said to clients um, in that kind of opening spiel, um, at, like because your yeses and nos are important to us mm-hmm. as we go through the session. If it's no, it's no. Don't stretch it. Don't make it fit. Don't try and people please. 
But at the same time, I've said, sometimes your guides will make fun of me because I've worded it in a wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that the, those souls can, can have humor in it and just come back to me and like, you know, that you really screwed that one up, reward it this way mm-hmm. and you can come back and have a better, a better session. Mm-hmm. Because you could get, um, yellow duck. And it could mean so many different things. I'm, if we might interpret it to mean one thing, if we have a reference system, but the client and the person who's crossed over or their spirit world could have a different meaning for that. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's, I just think that we, I'm always in a learning curve, just mm-hmm. forever and ever. I, and I don't ever expect that that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what made you decide to build a business and start seeing clients? Um, I couldn't imagine doing any other job, which is interesting because I, I do, I still do other jobs and I'll call them um, human ones. So working in retail, but for the most part, it's, um, it's very difficult and we've addressed that before to be in public. So to have, uh, control over your day, over your hours, um, that that's really important because you know and and a lot of our clients will know how exhausted we are sometimes just after a, a sleep um or after one client in the morning and it's not because of the person necessarily but because of um maybe the way that we've received information so the idea of seeing one client just kind of like a here and there and then going off and doing a human job is not always the best thing for our body or our brain um it really disrupts rhythm um, for for feeling healthy and awake and, and normal. You worded that so beautifully. Oh, thank you. I couldn't have done a better job. I would have fucked that up entirely. <laughs> <laughs> I would have tried to give a million examples. Okay. That was so good. I'm just going to say ditto. Cool. <laughs> um, because, uh, and for me, just after 19 jobs... Mm-hmm. After five careers of trying different things and different, um, like working at home, working for employers, uh, it just didn't, it just doesn't work. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think anybody can actually understand how hard unless they have the gifts, I'll say at that, at this level, but I don't mean to say that, that it's any better than anybody else. But when you're using all six senses mm-hmm. and then you're trying to go out and stand out and do a regular job, it's that's so, so difficult. Yeah, because when you're when you're signed up for a regular job, you have a job description and you know what your priorities are in a day. Um, and it's certainly not listening to the soul. It's certainly not listening to the, the energies around that person. And so, you know, you have to consciously shift your priority, even though you've got the nagging spirits talking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, I found I was, I ended up in conflict, mm-hmm. especially working in doctor's offices um, and, and naturopathic offices where you're getting information as a medical intuitive, mm-hmm. but you're working with professionals and not saying that they're not right about what they're doing, but I was getting my own information. Mm-hmm. And then that can almost come into conflict because, well, as you can well understand, if you're if you're getting something, they're wondering how you have access to that information without crossing boundaries. Right. And yet you're not. But if any if no one understands these gifts, they would assume that you are. Mm-hmm. So then they think that you're lying or that you're reading files or that you're listening to conversation. It's just be, it's just messy. Mm-hmm. It becomes super messy. 
And and unless, like I said, unless they understand the gifts, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end up well. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. What have you learned from seeing clients around the world? Hmm. Um, that certain communities, certain regions, however, certain geographical locations, I guess, um, are far more open and willing to honor this process than, um, then we've had the privilege of experiencing closer to us. Although I will say, I think we've found a really nice supportive community here oh, over yeah. a period of time. Yeah, I think it's taken quite a few years for the community to really um, open up. Mm-hmm. I think there's still a long way to go, but I think it's been it's been a beautiful process. Uh, but certain areas of the world just don't have the same kind of belief system or resistance to entertain a new belief. Okay. I, uh, yeah. Can I continue yeah. to it too, Kelly? Um, as you know, from d- different clients, some people would just call like from India and say, you were in my dream last night. You healed me. You said you're a healer. I feel better today. I'd like an appointment. And they go from A to B to C to D all within the first 30 seconds of the conversation. And I just get to use the gifts. Mm-hmm. So there's there's this what I went to agree and my voice cracked. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> pardon me. Um, but I and and also um, this isn't just all over the world though. I mean, I've had this to, like get sick kids in Toronto and Geo Hospital and stuff too. Yeah, but that is all over the world, right? right? So I'm talking. I said I said communities for a reason and regions yeah. for a reason. Something Not just else. about countries. Yeah. Something else, and I've mentioned this in another podcast, is that one of the things that it taught me is that, uh, and I can only use it in in an example, being raised a Catholic, um, I was taught certain beliefs by the community, community being particular people. Then I learned by having clients all over the world that you could have Catholics in other countries that are totally open to past lives. Mm Mm-hmm. They're totally open to to medium and, and and connecting because they believe completely that these are our gifts from God mm-hmm. or from a universe. They're open to all of that and that it wasn't seen as devil's work. It wasn't seen as Satan. So they didn't, uh, they didn't attack me, kick me out mm-hmm. um, as the community here did of being kicked out of the mother house, of being kicked out by, by the mother superior here in North Bay. There there was openness to seeing that the gifts were love and that, that they were healing and that um, that you could do these things and that religion didn't matter. It was intention mm-hmm. and it was integrity. Can I? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not the same, but you're you're triggering different different ideas. Um, or thoughts that I that have crossed my mind. Um, the way that different people around the world honor our time, mm-hmm. uh, I think this is really neat because mm. most of the calls that we get from people who are here, sorry, I shouldn't say most of the calls. Mm. There are a lot of people in the like in a closer region to us who call, and you know, if it's for the first time, they'll say, "Well, can I have my appointment right now, mm-hmm. um, or tonight?" You know, and, mm-hmm. and right now is, is often one of the demands that we hear. 
or they won't book at all. But people from different different countries, different continents, there is they, there's more of a questioning, like how do you work? How do I honor your process so that you can help me? Uh, instead of I want help and I want it now, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm the one paying you. I think there's there's a respect mm-hmm. for the of how the transaction happens because it is an interaction, right? And it is a it is an exchange of energies, mm-hmm. um, and I just think that's really neat. I do too. Um, this came in when you mentioned this about the respect. It was something that I saw in some physicians from India mm-hmm. um, where they explained to me that seeing an energy healer before any type of uh, seeing them as physicians was important to the process of healing and that they had all of their patients see energy healers first. Then they saw them as physicians, but they consulted with the energy healer about what was going on. This was specifically for surgery, correct? Yeah. Okay. Heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, plastic surgeon. And uh, mind you, he had other medal- or, or other surgeries as well other than those, but there were two surgeons. Um, and that after surgery, that their patients were required to see an energy healer, again, for healing process because it facilitates it and speeds it up. So there's a better chance for recovery. Whereas here locally, um, the medical community doesn't see or isn't educated to know that that isn't that that is a healthy part of a process of healing. Mm -hmm. So I got quite an education from getting calls from different countries and different people over the world. Same thing with PTSD from people that called from Australia that were fully open, some psychiatrists that were just like, okay, we have energy healers here. We know what you can do. Can you just get in and do it? As opposed to you have to prove it first. Um, We're not sure if you should come around and actually other little things like happen here, like where they're calling you a palm reader and you have to, you're getting, you're kicking, we're getting you kicked out of the North Bay Regional Healthcare Center. So here doors closed on me, which was interesting because in other countries, those doors were open. Mm -hmm. So I got to see schools here kicked me out um, and schools in other countries said, could you help us? Mm-hmm. We have nonverbal children. Can you, if you, can you, we know you can hear people's thoughts. Could you just do it? So there was this beautiful opening that I got to see that the, that the intention, if the intention was there, we want to help, we want to heal, we want to communicate that it was like, please be part of the team and do what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, versus some other aspects here where it was, we don't believe what you do. Um, we think this is Satan's work or you you can't be part of a team. A legal system says that you can't come in here because we don't want to get sued. Uh, and there were all those other blocks. So it, it, um, I'm thankfully, <laughs> thankfully for the internet and for people um, talking and sharing what we do, I, I got to see two sides um, and I'm glad for, I'm happy for that process because while the doors opened in other places and I could really appreciate it, uh, where there were challenges here, I, I, um, while there was sadness sometimes, um, or where I felt despair or I, I never thought it was going to take off, um, uh, by having clients all around the world, I realized that it really could and, and I didn't quit. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I didn't, I didn't give up. And, and so thankfully, there's been a balance. And thankfully, I say that because the local community here is changing, though not not very fast. Hmm. Um, it still is, there still are a lot of closed doors for it. Yeah. More closed than open. But anyway, okay, <clears throat> next question. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Serena's list, eh? Yeah. She um, she gave us permission to use her name. Oh, I know okay, some people submit sure. questions and they, they don't want that. But yeah. There's I a g- that's, okay. That's fun. Okay. So if you're listening week to week, then you get to know that your questions are Aww. out there. And if maybe, you know, she's missing, yeah. not that she would have missed an episode, but if people do, well, then they can cool. say, hey, Brittany, you know, I, yeah. I heard your questions were on there today. Yeah. Hey, Serena. Yeah. <laughs> How about that too, eh? Okay. What have you learned from seeing, oh, sorry. Do clients ever ask big questions about the world, earthquakes, floods, when it's going to end? And what's your response? Um, clients don't, well, hmm. no, in my experience, my clients have never asked that. I know yours have. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn that over to you. Okay. I do get those questions and I do want to point out that some of them have been, uh, from people in different countries that are asking financial questions. Um, some of them are, are extremely rich. They're multimillionaires and they're calling to ask because of markets they want to know what what things to purchase and what things to sell. And first, I want listeners to hear that I know dick all about this. Anything. Uh, anything. The economy, I, politics. I don't listen to the radio. Anything. I don't listen to the news on TV. I don't get newspapers. I get, you, you, you know this and all of our friends know this. I you get don't Google. Nothing. I do nothing. It's a really big rock. <laughs> it's true. Um... But it's a really big rock for a reason because I do get world events and people do call and ask and they call for financial reasons. Some call because they're, they want to move. Um, they want to know, oh my God, there's a, there's, there are piles of things. But the biggest one that comes to my mind, really, Kelly, because it's happened in the last two weeks. Breathe. More and more phone calls from people in regards to, do I buy, do I sell? Yeah. Uh, do I purchase this internet company? And so on and so on, based on what's going to happen globally. Mm-hmm. And um, I just channel it. Uh, I can't remember the answers. Um, I just do it in the moment and it's done. And mm-hmm. I, I ask them to voice record it so that they can get the information that they want, whether it's around the earthquake or whether it's <clears throat> around the financial stuff. I would, if you're okay with it, would like to interject and yeah. point out that you've had questions asked about world events from the past. Oh, yeah. As well. So we just had Jim on the show for two yeah. episodes. Second World War. Yeah. He wanted, fill, he, well, not fillers, pardon me, that's the wrong term. He wanted to be filled in mm-hmm. on um, service records of his mm-hmm. grandfather because there was there was a lack of records mm-hmm. um, during the Second World War as to what what he was doing, what he, his grandfather was up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you to have watched what happened as a that's a world event, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the the forties. <clears throat> so well, there have been other really remarkable. Other- yeah, there have been other world events, I'll say, in the sense of like an airplane going down yeah. and family members calling and wanting to know um, about their loved ones that were on the, on, the, on the flight. 
They wanted to know if they were scared. They wanted to know if, if since they passed over, if they were okay. They want. There's all kinds of reasons people call about a world event. Mm. It's not necessarily they want to know if it's accurate or not or what happened. Sometimes they need to know if their loved one is okay mm-hmm. since it's occurred. Um, but there are also facts for some of the world events. Joan of Arc came through uh, in one session for a woman who was writing a history book. Yeah. Um, and she got to talk to Joan of Arc for two hours. Um, she talked to Hitler for four hours yeah. over two sessions of two hours each. She's mm-hmm. writing history books. So we chatted with him. Um, I remember walking in on that because um, that was kind of an unconventional session that you had done. Can we tell the story about that one? And I know it's off topic, but go ahead. Sure. And um, she had come <clears throat> for a couple of sessions and I think she asked for it to be over tea. And this is not the norm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not what we do. Um, but she, you guys, it, it was late at night. Yeah. And you had said, why don't we just do it in the living room? Because mm-hmm. it was just nice lighting and whatnot. And I walked into the house and I saw the two of you sitting in the living room. And she's always given me permission to kind of walk in and out, mm-hmm. which is nice. I appreciate that. And so I walked in and I... I will call her Mary, I suppose. Um, and I just said, oh, what are you two up to? And and Mary's like, your mom's channeling Hitler. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just put my stuff down and come sit. And I just got to listen to you mm-hmm. talk to Hitler. Mm-hmm. That, that was a really, you don't walk into your house expecting that. Let's just say that. Well, that was quite, <clears throat> I'll say the two different evenings that we did that because she had gone overseas and lived there to research it, to write Canadian history books. She had, she had lived in France. Yes. That was the Joan of Arc stuff. Yes. And those, which are, which is a, is a different story. But the one I wanted to kind of say that I thought was kind of funny about this is that, I remember, I, I so that night was around December 23rd or 23rd, I think, when she came over and we, we talked to Hitler for a couple of hours was really important for me because she knew different facts than than I did from studying it <laughs> over 30 years ago <laughs> in when I was a kid or like in high school. So some of the information that came through I I didn't I didn't know. Well, yeah, and I think people <clears throat> don't know or forget perhaps um, that history books all over the world are written differently. Yeah, that's so, true. So we kind of think that we've all studied the same information because yeah you know, because that's how it happened. But the oh, yes. German textbooks versus the Northern American textbooks or are Polish. very different. Yes. Yeah. So then we chatted with him that night. She wrote all her notes and voice recorded everything for her writings. And then uh, we went to bed. So the next morning, was it Kelly? Uh, it was a couple of days. Okay. I got up and um, standing in the kitchen. Uh, at the kitchen sink mm-hmm. and I have a, we have an open concept so straight across is the dining room table and then beyond that there's a wall with a pictures up on the wall of you and Andrew mm-hmm. and um, we had gone out so when we came back am I telling this right yeah so far okay so when we came back I was standing in the kitchen and I looked up no. Okay, go ahead. I, we were both standing in the kitchen. Okay. I turned around, whatever, just kind of scanning the house and saw the picture had been altered. And I... <laughs> the picture of you I, and Andrew. Yeah. And I laughed and you said, what's up? And I said, you know what? I'm just going to let you find it. <laughs> and that was all I said. Uh, and I remember a couple of minutes later, you, you, you know, you were, you were looking around and you went, holy fuck. And... 
Go ahead. Well, I, I, I looked straight across at the picture of you and Andrew. Andrew had no idea what we had done a couple of nights prior um, channeling Hitler. He had been in the house while we had been out somewhere. He Googled a picture of Hitler, cut out his head, just his head, and take, he took the picture down off the dining room wall and uh, taped Hitler's head over his own head mm-hmm. so that it looked like you and Hitler. and Hitler were and looking at me in the yeah. kitchen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's just, if anybody says, is your son a little psychic? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. I think it it kind of answers itself. <laughs> I think it's like, I don't even know if this makes it more creepy, but in this particular picture, I like Andrew's looking at the camera yeah, he's and like, I'm looking at him like adoringly. Yeah. And now it looks like I'm looking at Hitler like, aren't you great? Yeah. And Hitler's looking straight at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. my eyes are on you. Yeah, you and I had a good laugh about that. <laughs> Which, if anybody wanted to say that's freaky because I had just channeled him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that uh, something else that comes to mind, though, too, about world events on, on a different kind of level is, and this person actually did a book, a doctor came to see me, um, who works in Toronto. And um, she's a disaster management specialist. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. So the very first time she came in, I told her that she would be writing a book about disasters uh, that occurred all over the world. And she did write the book. We can actually, we'll put that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dr. Suzanne Bernier. And she wrote disaster heroes Mm -hmm. and in her session um i channeled that she would be writing a book about disasters and that she would publish it and i think but i'm not positive so she hears this and calls and says there's a correction she's welcome to doing it i think at one point they told her that there would be a documentary and she's now been asked to do a documentary Mm -hmm. on her book so that's those are all world events um that came through in her session because that is also her career Mm -hmm. and she owns a company that um she runs Mm -hmm. um that is a uh uh, where she goes around the world helping people manage disasters Mm -hmm. so that's more about that question did i do that okay yeah okay yeah okay next one yeah sure yeah okay um can parker pick up on the different energies in the house oh my god yes Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, um, uh, things have really changed since we first got him. Um, when he was a little, little puppy, like just newborn, um, he would sit very quietly in the kitchen when clients were kind of coming in and out. And if anyone's listening, you can hear him in the background right now. Um, but as he's grown, he sits in the kitchen and with different energies, he'll bark. Mm-hmm. And he now lets us know that he wants his own space, which is great. And we'll just lift the gate up and he runs right down and puts himself in his crate. Yeah. Um, and it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just simply him having his boundaries of where he wants his energy and you know, who he wants around. Mm -hmm. But there are, there are evenings where he'll stand at the top of the stairs or the bottom of the stairs and he'll bark at what looks like nothing to the human eye. Um, but, but to the different spirits and he'll, he'll follow them too with his eyes. He's, 
you know, some people can say he can be entertained for a while, but it's, he's following energies. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of other people or a lot of people that have dogs and cats and different pets see them staring off and wonder if they're looking at grandma or if they're picking up something and they are. Um, and Parker's no different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what does a life coach session look like, Kelly? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I'm going to break this up into two different types of sessions, if that's okay. So when someone asks to come for a life coaching session or try it out, the initial session is an assessment. And that's very different than an actual paid session because the assessments are free. So um, prior to or during the session, uh, the client and I are either filling out or reviewing the assessment. And what it does is it goes over every aspect of their life to uh, more or less evaluate where they're satisfied or dissatisfied. So it touches on relationships with all different types of people. It touches on career and, and the people and the tasks involved with that, as well as, you know, recreational life um, and, and hopes and goals and, and all those kinds of things. And so we talk about where they might be feeling a lack of motivation or sadness or whatever those emotions are associated with those areas of their life. So that is what the initial assessment is, and what happens in there, what the intention is, is to see if life coaching is the right thing for them, Um, because it isn't for everyone. And so that's where I get to explain to people that life coaching is a series of sessions where they are given homework to work on the specific areas that they've identified are causing them dissatisfaction. So it's a commitment to the self, engaging in activities week to week. Um, and so in that initial assessment, I'm outlining what the expectations are of, of actually booking sessions. Also in that session, I like to tell the client that they're interviewing me, um, to see if I'm a good fit personality wise, because not all people resonate with professionals, certain professionals, right? And I, I liken it to yoga. I've, I've really enjoyed some of my instructors and I've really not enjoyed some of my instructors in the same way people would look at teachers, So I asked them to interview me to see if I'm someone that they're comfortable with. And at the same time as we're doing their assessment, it's not that I'm interviewing them, but I am going over where their areas of concern are to see if it's within my realm of expertise. Because if it's beyond it, then I need to be able to help them find the right professional or guide them in that right direction to say that this is not something I'm capable of handling. Uh, Because I would never put myself or the client in that kind of position. If they choose to actually engage in sessions, so consecutive sessions, it typically happens um, over the course of like every two weeks and clients can decide we can tailor sessions to whatever their needs are. But within those one hour sessions, um, they're given tools to practical tools to help them break down uh, the different areas that they've identified to satisfy them so that they can start to take charge be more in control of their own life, empower themselves. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with the anxiety they feel about dissatisfaction. So each time they are given the tools to take an action about something that's dissatisfying, the anxiety lessens and they have more opportunity or they feel like they have more energy to start attacking it more and more and start making bigger changes. So that's the intention of life coaching as a whole. And that's how we kind of break it down and, and move forward together. Is that do you think that answers? Mm-hmm. Okay. I could talk about that for a long time. That was a very general question, but it's a really good start. Why don't we, <clears throat> excuse me, 
follow up on that with a show just about questions about life coaching. Sure. And about anxiety and different things that, that come up. Would you interview me? Yeah, okay. for sure. If you came up with questions, sometimes that's a really nice way to kind of format things. And we'll put this show up. And, and then what we can do is ask people that are interested in life coaching or who've gone or who would, who would consider it to send more questions in. Sure. I and like then that. we can compile a whole bunch of them for you too. Yeah, that'd be okay. great. Okay. Okay. Serena, thanks for submitting those. And if anybody else has questions, they can email us at info. So oh, shit. <laughs> Kelly, do it. Freak. Here's my rock again. I'll just go back under it. I think, and, and for any any kind of visual for people, because they're laughing anyway, all I get to see when you're talking, mom, is like that big muffled, like muffled thing in front of the microphones. I only get to see your eyes. So you started talking and then the eyes bugged like, oh, fuck, what do I say? Uh-huh. Okay. So we'll end it there as Karen was trying to do. Uh, and if you do have questions or comments, you can submit them to info at Thank you for listening. And your patience.